I want to say this. We'll make it possible if any of you would like to get our newsletter from the Christian Law Association. We call it the alert. The newsletter is absolutely free. But here's the commitment we ask for. Will you give me one minute of prayer a month? Not a minute a day, not a minute a week, a minute a month. And pray for the prayer checklist. Pray for the people that are in court. Trust me, when you're sued and in court, you're going to want everybody to pray for you. And we'll be asking people everywhere to pray. But please, please have a heart for others. Uh, the number of cases is just exploding. And the issues are exploding. I was telling Dr. Getch and the men, I'm litigating things now that I was positive my grandchildren would never see. And here now I am litigating them bizarre things. And I want to commend you. You're being trained to literally take the helm of America for Christ. And I'm thrilled to be here. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 20. Last night, my staff and I, we were walking on the campus a little bit, and we overheard some of your young ladies here having a, a time of prayer together. And their prayer caught my attention. The one girl prayed and said, Lord, give us clean hearts. Great prayer request. The next one said, Lord, not just a clean heart, a pure heart. Great prayer request. I love what the third one, she said, Lord, give us sweethearts. <laughs> and all the girls in unison said, ah, men. <laughs> oh, listen. Next to salvation, the greatest blessing in my life is my bride. And I'd never have the ministry I have. She's the one who has so graciously made every sacrifice and never complains, never complains. I know that people come up to me and say, is that really true? Absolutely true. I couldn't do it without her support. And so I want to encourage you, young ladies, you are critical to the ministry of being a helpmate and what God wants you to do. Tonight, for the next few minutes, this morning for the next few minutes, I want to ask you, how's your joy? How's your joy? Now, the Bible has some amazing things to say about joy. You can jot these down and look them up later, but remember, in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength, your strength. The scripture says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. John 16.3.22, Your joy no man taketh from you. Chapter 16, verse 24, Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Acts chapter 13, verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, verse 30, now the God of hope filled you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1, 8, joy unspeakable and full of glory. 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. The book of Jude, verse 24, Exceeding joy. 
Why does God keep saying, I want you to have this effusive joy that extends beyond anything else that you have? Well, I know this, you can't hide joy. If you say, I have it, it just doesn't show. No, no, no. Joy always shows. You can't hide it. And God doesn't say, I want you to have some joy. He doesn't say, I want you to have much joy. He said, I want you to have exceeding joy. Wow. Now, Paul gives us three keys here. And by the way, if you don't want joy, the opposite is to be sad. Oh, my soul. Now, how many of you want God's joy? You want that in your life? Well, let's read what the scripture has to say. Paul's on his way to Jerusalem. And the bishops have come to talk to him. And they're saying, Paul, you don't want to go there. They want to kill you up there. But look at what Paul says to them, verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying, Bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, you're absolutely right. Man, I'm supposed to go to Jerusalem, and it is going to be one rough, difficult time. But I'm going to finish my course with joy. Now, write these three keys down, because I have to remind myself of these three keys. If you want joy, be sure you get these. Here's the first one. You'll never get joy if you confuse happiness with joy. If you think happiness is joy, you've already been taken in. Happiness depends on circumstances. That's where we get the word happiness from happenstance. Give me the right circumstances and I'll be happy. Let everything be going my way. Let me get what I want. Let me just have this smooth sail and I'll be happy. That's not joy. Joy comes from the very Holy Spirit of God. None of these things move me. Paul, you understanding? They're going to beat you. They're going to leave you for dead. He said, that doesn't move me. I have joy. Don't ever confuse happiness with joy. Wow. My mom, when I was eight years of old, contracted polio and was never able to walk or do anything again. And when my mom was in her latter years, she couldn't do anything, had to be strapped in a wheelchair. Every time we'd take her to the doctor, the doctors would all come around at the Cleveland Clinic and they would say, Mrs. Gibbs, everybody wants to see you. You don't have anything that works. You're in constant pain. We don't even know how you're alive anymore, but you have joy. How do you do it? She said, none of these things move me. My mom was the church pianist. 
Juilliard trained. Wasn't anything she couldn't play. Music was her life, and suddenly it was gone. She couldn't walk. She couldn't dress herself. But none of these things move me. If the devil can get you confusing happiness with joy, he'll be able to keep joy out of your life. Remember what it says in Colossians, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Wow. What does it take to whack the joy out? That's as good a Christian as we are right there. At my mom's funeral, doctors and nurses came from everywhere and said, that lady touched me. That lady changed me. She was in such dire health, but she was joyful. Wow. Would anybody around you say, well, that is one joyful young lady. That's one joyful young man. Would they be able to say Brother Gibbs is a joyful person to be around? Remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, hope. You get it by getting your eyes off of circumstances. I was in a church up in Boise, Idaho, and it was a church where the choir didn't go up when they started the service, but then after a congregation or two, they'd have the choir move up and be in the choir loft. And a teenage girl was walking down the aisle, and she could hardly walk. She had to have somebody steadier on both sides. And you could see half of each of her feet were missing. You could see that her cheeks were gone. You could see that one arm was gone. And as she was coming down to get up in the choir, the pastor reached over to me and he said, Brother Gibbs, she has a disease that's eating her body. And it's incurable. She's one of the sweetest girls in our entire ministry. And she was perfectly healthy up to a year ago. And then this disease started ravaging her. I said, wow. He said, they're telling us it's eating her organs inside too. She's only got a short time to live. They lifted her up onto the platform and I watched her sing in the choir. She sang with joy. Her face lit up. Afterwards, I went down to her and I said, boy, I'm gonna be praying for you. And she said, I'm fine. The devil took my body, but he can't take my joy. Do you understand the one person who can give the devil your joy is you? No one is in control of it, you're in control of it. And it cannot be governed by circumstances. Dr. Chaplin and I were in China together. And we got to go to an underground church, an illegal church. 
And I remember them saying, you realize if they catch you at this church, they'll put you in jail for a day or two and then want to export you out of the country. But the people in this church, if they get caught there, they kill them. I said, they kill them? He said, yeah. Well, we walked down some circuitous routes through the basement of buildings and sewers. And finally, we came up in this building, Dr. Getch, where here were about 50 people. And we were going to fellowship with them and preach to them. And as I walked in, a, a young Chinese girl came up to me. I would say she was 15, maybe 16. And she said, I, I'm going to sing before you preach. I said, wonderful. She said, could I sing twice? I said, you want to sing twice? She said, yeah. I said, sure. Oh, she said, thank you, thank you. And she walked away. The pastor came up and said, let me explain what that's about. If our people get caught, they torture them. Try to make them give the names of who else is in the church, and then they kill them. A year ago, they caught her dad. They tortured him. And he never gave in. A month ago, they caught her mom and her brother. And they did the same thing to them. They tortured them viciously for a week. But they wouldn't give in. And she knows they're tracking her. And she thinks this might be her last service. So she wants to sing twice because it's probably going to be the last time she ever gets to sing, ever. You know what the first song she sang? I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. If this was your last service, what song would come out of you? What song would come out of me? I wept uncontrollably. Good thing she sang twice. Later that week, she was arrested and tortured and is in heaven right now. But nothing took her joy. None of these things move me that I might finish my course with joy. In America, we've so confused happiness with joy that we, we don't even try to ferret it out anymore. Don't ever confuse happiness. Remember, happiness depends on circumstances. I love what the great evangelist D.L. Moody said. I love how he penned it. He said, the Lord gives his people perpetual joy when they walk in obedience to him. He said, happiness is caused by things that happen around me and circumstances will mar it. But joy moves right on through trouble. Joy flows through in the night and in the day. 
He said, joy is God's fountain bubbling up in us. It's a secret spring that the world can't see and they'll never understand because they don't have it. D.L. Moody was known for two things, getting people saved and preaching about joy. You're joyful. You got to get your eyes off of circumstances. Write number two down. Paul said, these things aren't going to move me. But he said, number two, I want to finish my ministry. I want to finish what God's brought me to do. And that means to serve. That means to serve. The scripture says the greatest among you would be the servant of all. And you got to serve with joy. Have you ever had somebody serve you who didn't really want to do it? Their face was just radiating. I don't like this. I don't want to do this for you. I don't want to be a part of this. That's not servanthood. That's forced labor. Servanthood is when we come to God. And we say, God, by your grace, what a thrill, what a thrill. By the way, I want you to turn to Hebrews, turn to Hebrews right now. And I want you to look at what it says about what Jesus did. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, you know, the first part of this verse, we quote it all the time. Therefore, seeing we also, verse 1, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that's kind of where we stop quoting. But I want you to look at the rest of the verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, boy, circle that in your Bible, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you understand? The Lord went to Calvary with joy. The circumstances were wrong, but he did what he was called to serve. And he did it with joy. Whoa. I grew up on farms. How many of you here grew up on farms? Anybody here? Oh, a number of you. We were in the cattle business and we raised a lot of corn. In fact, until I was 15, I thought the whole world was a cornfield. And every year we'd put in five to 7,000 acres of corn. One day my dad came to me and he said, I'm a little worried about you. He said, uh, you're not thankful for the privilege to serve. And he said, you'll never know joy until you understand the privilege to serve. Not the duty to serve, the privilege to serve. And I said, well, Dad, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. He said, no, no, it's not something you're going to work on. He said, it's something you're going to do. I said, what'd you have in mind? He said, well, our neighbor over here, the Tates, he's very, very sick. I said, yeah, he's dying. And they don't have anybody to put their corn crop out this year. And I want you to go over there. 
with me and I want you to offer, we'll put their crop out for them and we'll harvest it. I said, no, 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 no. Dad, we do not want to mess with the Tates. No, 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 no. I said, number one, we don't have the time. We got our own stuff to take care of. We need somebody to help us. We shouldn't be helping others. He said, no, you need to learn the joy of serving. Do you really count it joy? Hmm. Jesus counted going to Calvary a joy. That's what that verse just said. Who for the joy set before him. I said, well, I got another reason we don't want to do the Tates. He said, what? I said, Mrs. Tate is the meanest woman on planet Earth. She's not nice. She always cusses at us. She shoots at our dogs. When our dogs go after her cats, she comes and tracks our dogs down miles away and shoots at them. I said, Dad, let's pick somebody nice. Let's pick somebody we like. Mrs. Tate is not nice. Whoa. Now, you understand what I'm saying? You be nice to me, and I'll be good to you. But you be Mrs. Tate to me, I have no interest in helping you. Hmm. The joy of serving was nowhere in the picture. My dad said, son, you're all wrong. He said, serving with joy is a decision. It's a decision. And he said, you're going nowhere with God till you start serving with joy. You can't let circumstances control you. None of these things move me. And then you got to be serving with joy. He said, come on, we're going to go see Mrs. Tate. All the way over there, I said, this is a bad idea. You'll see Mrs. Tate, she's a mouthful. I mean, I don't ever say anything to her. She doesn't cuss at us. And my dad said, you'll be fine. You'll get over it. Well, we walked up and knocked on the door. Miss Tate came, opened her screen. She didn't say hi. She didn't say hello. She said, blankety blank, what are you doing here, little Gibbs? Everybody back then called me Little Gibbs. They don't call me Little Gibbs anymore, but they did then. <laughs> Blankety blank, what are you doing here, Little Gibbs? And I said to my dad, you hear that? We're not doing nothing here. I don't even know why we're here, Miss Tate. My dad said, no, you do know why we're here. Tell her. Mrs. Tate, I know you don't have your crop out. She said, that's right. We'd like to put it out for you. And my dad stopped me and he said, no, tell her you would count it a privilege to put it out for her. Tell her you would count it an honor. Now, I'm standing there and I'm saying, Dad, couldn't we talk about this in private? Not with her gloating standing there. You know what I've discovered? It is hard to find people with joy because they don't want to serve with joy. She looked at me and she said, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to help me? I don't even like you, little Gibbs. I said, I'm aware of that. 
Now, she had a lot of reason. I mean, we had, on many an occasion, done stuff to be not nice to them. But we never got caught, so she didn't know who was doing it all. My dad said, tell her you're a Christian. I said, yeah, we're a Christian. And she said, well, what's that got to do with it? I said, greatness in our faith is serving. Not to serve the people you like, serving everybody. When's the last time you said, God, give me somebody I don't like so I can serve them with joy? She said, well, I don't have our equipment ready. My dad said, tell her we'll use our equipment. Now you have to understand, when you're doing this stuff, those tractors and combines and everything are running day and night. Only on Sunday are they shut off. And now you're gonna add another three, 4,000 acres? I don't know how we get this stuff. She said, well, I don't have any seed, I don't have any herbicide, any fertilizer. My dad said, that's okay, we'll get it all. Tell her you want to do it for the privilege to serve her. And I'm telling you, those words were stuck in my throat. I said, Miss Tate, I'm trying to learn the privilege to serve. My dad's right. I don't have it, Dr. R. Do you count it a joyful privilege to serve people who are not nice? We left there, and my dad said, you'll understand all this one day. Because I'm asking God to let you serve people that are not nice. And I want you to do it with joy, son. Well, we got all her stuff out, planted it all. Finally, we sold her crop for her. And boy, I mean, we worked literally 24 hours a day, 60 days in a row except on Sunday, and got it done. And my dad would come out into the field in the middle of the night with me and he'd say, remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. You're doing this for the Lord, son. We went to her house to give her the check, the money. And we walked up, she walked to the door and she broke down. She said, I got to sit down, I'm going to faint. She said, I don't understand you people. She said, you like me and I don't like you. But your God has touched me. And she said, I know you guys go to church all the time. 
could me and my husband go with you sometime? Now, we'd invited them hundreds of times. But we took them to church. And when they introduced them, Mrs. Tate stood up and said, these Gibbses right here, they're the ones who served us with joy. Is anybody going to be able to point at you and say you served with joy? It changes everything. Everything. Her husband died just a few weeks later. And at their funeral, she said, you know, my husband trusted Christ because of what you did with our corn. And he's in heaven right now. Be careful that you're not just going through the mechanics, but that by the grace of God, you're serving with joy. My joy I give unto you, that your joy may be full. You got to get your eyes off of circumstances. That only covers happiness, not joy. And then by the grace of God, you got to serve with joy. Look at the final thing that he says here, and we'll be done. That I might finish the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Oh, I love this part. You realize joy comes from getting our eyes off of circumstances, of serving people with no expectation of a return, serving with joy. The privilege is in the serving. And then of witnessing. Witnessing of the gospel of the grace of God. My son Jonathan was with me in Washington, D.C. Jonathan sat in this auditorium, graduated from this college. Went and got his MBA, then his law degree, and he's a lawyer in our ministry now. And we're in Washington about to meet with some senators and representatives on a serious matter. And we're in the basement of the Cannon Building, which is one of the big office buildings there. And in the basement of the Cannon Building, there's a cafeteria that's probably three times the size of this auditorium. It's huge. And it's full of all these representatives and senators and people that work in Washington. And we're there an hour early. And my son Jonathan turned to me and he said, Dad, we got an hour to kill. I said, we sure do. He said, well, I brought a bunch of tracks. And he opened up his briefcase and he had hundreds and hundreds of tracks. I said, what'd you bring these here for? He said, I'm not going to Washington without a chance to leave them. He said, look, we got an hour to kill. I'll take this side, you take that side. I said, there's signs up there that says you can't hand anything out. He said, yeah, I can read. But he said, I'm not handing it out. I'm giving it. And he said, if they want to argue, we'll parse the word. I said, well, 
He said, now you take this bunch, go this way. And I'll go this way. And I said, well, be careful, man. You get arrested. Your mom will not be happy if I don't bring you home tonight. He said, I'll be all right, Dad. I'm a lawyer. I'll be fine. Well, he starts going over here, and he just handed them out to beat the band. And I'm walking this way. Not one person we handed it to refused to take it. I mean, we're just handing out these gospel tracts everywhere. Now, I'm way over here, and up comes a cop. And he said, what are you doing? I said, that we're handing out gospel tracts. He said, well, you're not allowed to hand stuff out. I said, well, we're not handing it out. We're giving it. He said, oh. He said, can I see one? I said, yeah, I want you to have one anyway. He took it. He read it. He said, you got more of these? I said, yeah. He said, I'm a Christian. He said, if you'll give me a couple hundred of these, I'll make sure that every cop in the Cannon building gets one. And he said, where have you folks been? He said, every group comes to Washington, and we never see the Christians. And he said, are you hooked up with that young man over there? I said, yeah. He said, everybody's talking about the smile on his face. He has joy. That's what the cops said. Have you got joy? Or do we just go through the ropes? We handed out every track we had. Then we went up to meet with a very wonderful representative, a very gracious lady. And she said, everybody's talking about what happened down in the cafeteria, about how you witnessed with a smile. Oh, listen. He said, I'm going to finish with joy. I've had a preacher walk up to me and say, Brother Gibbs, fix your face. Your face does not look like you've got joy. You can't hide it. You've absolutely got to do it with joy. Sitting in that office up there, the police showed back up. And I thought, oh boy, now they've changed their mind. And the police walked in and they said, are you the two that were handing the stuff out down in the cafeteria? I said, yeah. They said, well, we ran out, we need more. I said, you're not gonna arrest us? He said, no, we just need more of what you got. My son turned to me and he said, you're such a chicken sometimes, Dad. <laughs> he said, if we get arrested, we get arrested, but let's witness with joy. Witness with joy. That representative we went to see said, I'll help you hand them out up on this floor here. Before we were done, every track we had was gone with joy. How about you? 
And I meant too many times, man, I did it because we were supposed to or I had to. Don't you do that. Nothing can take the place of joy. It's the strength of God in you. There's a wonderful preacher up in the Tacoma area. His name is Mark Smith. He's from Florida originally. And his mother living in Florida was in the latter days of her life and shortly going to be an eternity. And she asked her son, would you do me a favor? I've only got a few weeks to live. And I'm bedridden. I can't go anywhere anymore. I can't go out and witness. She said, would you get me the cheapest phone you can get? She said, I don't want any long distance calls. I don't want any calls out of the area. I just want the cheapest phone you can get me. And she said, I've been looking it up and you can get one for $4 a month. And then would you get me a phone book? Pastor Smith said, Mom, sure, I'll get that for you. Why? She said, I want to call people. She said, I want my last breath to be witnessing. What do you want your last breath to be? One breath will be your last one. One breath will be our last ones. She said, I want my last breath to be witnessing. And I'm going to just pick names out of the phone book. And Pastor Smith said, Mom, I, I don't think calling cold turkey like that, too many people will even talk to you. She said, they'll have to. Well, he got her the phone, got her the phone book. And she started just picking a name at random. And when she'd call, she'd say, you don't know me and I don't know you. And I'm dying. And the last thing I want to do is tell you why I can die with peace and joy. Because I know Jesus is my savior. And I would be thrilled if you'd give me just a few minutes to share with you how you can know and how you can have joy. An amazing thing happened. She started doing it and 90 plus percent of the people that she called talked to her. And before she went home to be with the Lord, she prayed with over 450 people over the phone who trusted Christ. You say, well, do you think they meant it? Well, enough that 150 of them walked the aisle in their church and got baptized. And everybody said, she had joy. She said, I, I'm going to be in eternity. I'm going to be with my Jesus shortly. And I'm so looking forward to being with him. And I've got joy at this time. And I want you to have this joy. Mrs. Smith, good job. You didn't let circumstances govern your joy. Good job. Boy, did you ever step out and serve with joy. And boy, did you ever witness well. Right now, America is looking for some people with joy. They crave it. 
and they can't find it, just like Moody said, outside of Jesus Christ, it's impossible to get it. But by the grace of God, you can know true joy. Not governed by circumstances, governed by serving joyfully and witnessing with joy. As we walked out of that Chinese church, a little teenage girl walked up to me and hugged me. And she said, don't worry about me. They're going to torture me, I know it. But they'll never get my joy. They'll never get it. And as we walked away, she said, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. 